Welcome, welcome to episode 10, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. It's been a long week and um, I start off by saying I kind of have a little stirring in my soul, my heart's a little heavy today um, and it, it's kind of one of these things of just the past few days, every once in a while I'll remember um, maybe a time I was less than perfect, way less than perfect, let's say, or my behavior wasn't on point. Um, maybe I was mean to my mom, my dad, my wife, my daughter, my grandmother. Um, you know, so you feel some shame and, um, You know, it just kind of keeps coming up, so I figured I would discuss it a little bit um, because the goal is to be as open and honest as and vulnerable. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what makes it hard to talk about, but I'm sure everybody's kind of felt this way at some point in time. Maybe you said something you didn't mean, you acted a way you didn't want to act, and you feel ashamed. And maybe rightfully so. Um, you know, but all we can do is we can ask God for forgiveness, we can ask the people we hurt for forgiveness, um, and then work on forgiving ourselves, show ourselves a little bit of grace. Um, because we're all not perfect. We all have bad moments, make poor choices, have a poor choice in words. Um, but, you know, I think it's important not to let those moments define us. Because um, you're not a moment. You know, you have a whole life, however long that is. And I think as long as you do more good than bad... Um, that's kind of the goal, and, you know, the other part of that is some of these people who are closest to you, I don't know why we end up hurting the people who are closest to us or the people we care about the most, but we do, even if it's unintentional, but, you know, we can ask them for forgiveness, and um, because the road runs both ways. More than likely, we have seen our partners, our children, our parents at their worst as well. And so, just as you would want to be forgiven, you have to forgive them. And you have to remember that they're not that moment either. Um, they can evolve and change. And I think it's just as important... To not bring it up all the time or be that constant reminder of what somebody did, said, whatever. I think it's a, you know, you, you can be upset. You can take some time and not speak to that person, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, you know, as long as it's not overly egregious, 
um, or a deal breaker, then you try to forgive. So I said it, I got it out there, I got it out of me. Um, I don't think I'm the only one who deals with these kinds of feelings, but um, so I want to express that because maybe somebody else feels that way. You're not alone and it's okay. But, you know, it kind of brings me into looking at the past five months or so of starting the podcast. Um, it's been a rough five months, kind of a shit show, if you will. And if you haven't listened to any of the previous episodes, you know, I've had car issues, which is a pain in the ass for anyone, but especially if you're an Uber driver. Um, my daughter's been sick quite often. My mother's sick. Um, you know, we had to put our one of our pets to sleep um, a week ago, who we had for 17 years. So um, it's been rough, to say the least. But, you know, with that, um, I don't... Today's 12-1. It's the day of Elf on the Shelf, Advent calendars. So let's go more positive. Let's let's turn it around. Um, because, you know, you're either in the storm, going into a storm, or coming out of a storm. And for me, I feel like the past five months have been in the storm. So... I'm ready to come out the other end. So on this podcast, you know, I already said kind of my serious things in a way. Um, I kind of want to keep the rest of it lighthearted, funny. It may be offensive to some, but it's me nonetheless. Um, and part of that is, you know, I don't want to censor myself. Um... We have plenty of outside organizations, even though we have free speech. It doesn't matter if it's YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Everybody wants to censor. Um, but, it, it, you know, to me, it's kind of one of these things is, hey, if, if you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it. Scroll on by. Um, don't follow it. Um, don't listen to it. Go listen to whatever it is you want. It's a free country. You know, these are choices we make. Just like food, you know. If you go to a place and you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. You make the choice. Um, just don't piss and moan about it. You know, or try to be all self-righteous and virtue signal and tell me how wrong I am or how much you hate what I said. Or how offended you are. Because I really don't care. You don't like it? Go on by. Go find something that suits you. Go be you. We're all different. We all like different things. Um, you know? So, enough for that. 
let's get on to some of my observations that are kind of funny, maybe a little offensive. Um, but, you know, if you know me, I'm a huge fan of comedy. Um, so, they're like jokes. It's it's not all intentional. They're, they're jokes. It's supposed to be funny. A little bit, maybe. So, let's get this on the road. So today I'm actually partially set up in the office I've been talking about. Um, I got my iMac up. Going to use GarageBand today. Give that a whirl because um, if you use Spotify for podcasters through the phone, the app, they limit you to 30 minutes. And that's kind of why my podcasts have been 20-ish to 30 minutes. Um, So we're going to give this a little whirl so I can go longer because in the future I would definitely like to have um, people on, um, talk to people, interview people, whatever that is. So we're going to give this a whirl. See if the sound quality is different. Um, So, yeah. But I made some notes. So often, you guys know I'm an Uber driver. If you don't know, I am. I do mostly Uber Eats. Um, With Uber Eats, man, I deliver everything from car batteries, balloons, office chairs, dog food, um, prescriptions. You name it, I deliver it. And I enjoy it quite a bit. But, um, so... You know, some of the worst ones are uh, when you get a pickup and let's say you got to go into the mall. I mean, it's a pain in the ass to find parking, first of all. And then, of course, you got to walk through the damn mall, navigate that. And then you got to wait. And it's usually like Chick fil A or something. So, but uh, one day I'm going through that entrance and um, I don't know if your mall has this, but. Our mall has a nail salon, and I walk through, and it just hits me. I, like, see all, you know, everybody knows most nail salons, Asian, Asian people working, Asian-owned, and it just pops in my head. I'm like, you know, some of them wear masks, Um, but, you know, like, I was stationed in Japan in the Navy, and, you know, in the... Far East, they're more apt to wear masks. So it doesn't always seem abnormal. Like, you know, if they're sick, they do it kind of for the courtesy and respect of others. But, um, you know, my initial thought was, man, imagine days out, hours, days, and years of huffing, sitting in all those chemicals, nail polish remover, and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, that that probably make you a little crazy little off and so what pops into my head is like instead of uh, crazy crazy rich Asians was crazy ass Asians because they've been sitting around huffing nail polish remover all day you know you gotta wonder why they're a little quick with their tongue and their enunciation but yeah I thought that was kind of funny and then Let's see. My next note over here is, so I was listening to a podcast and uh, they were talking about the masking situation and um, all this stuff. And 
and then I saw like a clip somewhere and uh or it might have been on the podcast but basically these they were explaining what felching was if you don't know what felching is you can go look it up yourself I'm not going to explain it because I'm not 100% sure what it is, but for the premise of this, I think I know what it is, Um, or it makes sense in what I'm about to say. But, you know, I heard felching masks, and the first thing I think of is Fauci. Maybe we should start calling them Felchy, and, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to felch with a mask on, so... Yeah, kind of the dichotomy of that. A little interesting. But that's just kind of a dig at him, the whole mass situation. Um, all the stuff out there that everybody knows and has gone through and heard the past three years on COVID masks. Are they effective? Whatever. Is the government lying? Are they not? But whatever. All right. Also, there was a... We are... We, we went out of town. We've been going out of town a lot lately, it seems. And uh, we were in Dallas, and we went into a Lululemon store because my daughter wanted one of those, like, crossbody kind of fanny pack things that the girls are wearing. And, uh, man, I walked in for about... Mm, Maybe 30 seconds, definitely less than a minute. And there was just way too many Lululemon pants and butts walking around. My brain was like, you know, when your computer, like, you go to the web page, it's like 404 not found or whatever it is. It's just like, it was way too damn much. So I stepped outside and it's like, But, of course, then you're seeing everybody in spandex walking in there for more spandex. Everybody who just bought spandex walking out. And I sit there and I'm like, shit, man. Even even the mannequins got on the spandex. There's too much damn spandex. I can't be around that. So, um, because it's great, you know. Nothing. Guys, I mean, hey, I think it's okay to appreciate a nice butt, um, a nice physical appearance, you know, it's a compliment. That's why people work out, diet, eat right. It's why there's a, I don't even know how big the fitness industry is and, you know, but everybody's trying to sell you something. So, you know, for those who work hard and got it, congratulations. I'm sure there's men and women alike who admire it. So, um, next note. Let's see. So, I live, me, my mother, my daughter all live together. And, you know, living with three women, three different generations. I feel a bit like I'm the UN peacekeeping force at times. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, Other than, you know, my previous life as a manager and 
having maybe three or four men who worked for me in the totality and mostly women, there's just something about when you get women who spend too much time together, they just naturally fight. I don't know what it is. They argue. They want to be right. Sometimes it's over dumb shit. Um, You know. So yeah, I feel like I'm the one who... You know, I love all three of the women. My mother, my wife, and my daughter. They're the three most important women in my life. But, man, i tell you what. It's like sometimes you don't want to be in it. Um, but at the same time, you know, me, it's... Hey, I don't... You know, you kind of try to stay out of the way, I guess you could say... But then at some point, you, you know, you want to step in and make it better. Um, men like to fix things. That's what we do. We're like task completers. Um, so it makes it hard. And oftentimes, I don't necessarily have to fix it. But, you know, I, I, I think it's normal. I mean, you get, it's the same with men. All men don't always get along. Too many of them hanging out together. There's conflict. I mean, I was in the military. Um, and there, when I was in the Navy, there weren't any women on ships. So just a whole aircraft carrier full of testosterone. So you can bet your ass there's conflict. And people don't get along. Um, so I get it. But also it's kind of one of those things of... You know, I'm trying to, you know, I have a 10-year-old daughter. I'm trying to teach her things the way, trying to educate her, trying to shape her to grow up and be a good person, good human being. And, you know, one of the things I'm trying to, I guess, teach or explain is that... You know, sometimes when two people are arguing, it's it's like a fight to the death over who's right or who can have the last word. Um, and it, it solves nothing. So I'm kind of like of this thing of, hey, you know, regardless of what it's about, um, I think both people should kind of maybe just, you know, you take responsibility for your own shit or whatever. Even if the other person is wrong and they're 80% of the problem, you still need to own your 20% of your bullshit. What you brought to the argument, why the argument started, why you won't back down, whatever. And so, you know, it was like my wife and daughter arguing or about something and, you know, and I try to tell my daughter she needs to kind of take responsibility for her part. And maybe just say I'm sorry to my wife. Um, And she kind of didn't understand it. So it's something that we'll have to continuously go over. But, you know, it. I mean, I'm in my 40s. And just realized this not too long ago as I've been working on myself. So, um, 
Yeah. I can't expect a 10-year-old to, you know, be a a master of this. But all I can do is kind of keep reinforcing it and also um, be the example. That's something I can do. Um, But yeah, so, you know, just think about that. If you got brothers, sisters, whatever, you live in that kind of situation, even your spouse or a best friend, it happens. Own your part of the bullshit and squash it. Again, unless it's egregious and there is no squashing it. Or it's past the point of no return and it's a relationship ender, be it a friend, be whatever, whatever. So, you know, um, we got to be better people. We got to be kinder to each other. We got to help each other out. There's enough division and everything in the world to, you know, we, we just don't need it. Um, and all we can control is what we can control, um, which is yourself, your attitude, how you react, what kind of person you are. Are you going to be the bigger person? Are you going to be the better person? Are you going to say, you know, can you squash your ego enough to say, hey, I was wrong or I fucked up or whatever it is, please forgive me. Kind of goes back to that beginning thing. But own your shit. Apologize when necessary. Remember your friends and your family. I mean, they're the people who love you the most. They're the people you love the most. Um, And the people you would want to do things for and have them do things for you. So, you know, when you feel like you're at that point, I think it's just, you know... It kind of goes back to what I said in the beginning of, you know, sometimes we hurt the people who are closest to us. Um, And that's part of being close to someone is they're able to hurt you. Um, But also when you're close to somebody, if you truly love or respect somebody, you, you don't go out of your way to hurt anyone intentionally. And so I think that's where... You own your shit and say, hey, that was not my intentions or I was just giving out tongue lashings um, because I I can't deal with my stuff or I'm unhappy or whatever it is. So, you know, and, you know, that brings me to another point is, um, you know, I like to drink, but I don't. Um, or... Let's just say I haven't drank since my birthday. Um, So, and it was kind of sparse between there. But, you know, some people are fine and some people like it. But um, I just get a little mouthy. You know, I, I don't know. I guess I could say I can be pretty... I can be fun, I can be funny, I can laugh and giggle and have a good time, but I have like this switch, and when I drink, if somebody rubs me the wrong way, wrongs me, or at least in my eyes, then I just, I go off, kind of, get a little crazy, 
act a fool. So, you know, imagine Conor McGregor meets Cheech Marin. I can be either one, but, you know, I prefer to err on the side of Cheech. Be a little calm. Be a little funny. Don't get too stressed out. Don't get too crazy. Uh, you know, don't throw chairs at buses and break windows and all the other stuff Conor McGregor does, um, which is probably a reflection of how I acted sometimes when I drank. So I'm just not drinking. Pretty easy. Some people, um, you know, some people are fine, like my wife. I mean, she can have a drink. She can have two drinks. It just makes her tired. Doesn't do anything. But, you know, um, another part of being open and vulnerable is, um, you know, I have two sides of a family who all have had addiction issues, maybe of some sort. Some are positive, some are negative. You know, I have family members who are workaholics. Um, I've had family members who um, maybe took medicine all the time. Um, family members who drink every day. Um, you know, and it's something I kind of want to stop with me. Um, I don't want my daughter going through it. I mean, she doesn't even like to take medicine, so um, I respect that. I just worry sometimes that she's so concerned with the taste of medicine that she's unwilling to take medicine to get better um, because she's so grossed out by it. And, you know, I'm like, you got to choose getting well over being grossed out. But, you know, young kids are still in that kind of liquid medicine phase. And so kind of with those dissolvable Claritins, I've been trying to you know, because they don't dissolve as soon as they hit your tongue, but kind of uh, teach her how to maybe start swallowing medicine or pills. Um, so, you know, when she gets older, if she's worried about taste and she needs an antibiotic, maybe she can just take a pill. And so, um, <clears throat> but also, you know, that's kind of the double-edged sword is you don't want somebody who gets so comfortable with taking pills and think the pills are going to do everything because they don't. Um, you know, it's kind of, you know, some people need medication every day. Um, but most medicine is not like a everyday thing. So, you know, who wants to take pills every day? You know, my goal over the past three years has been to take less medication <clears throat> and I've managed to do that um, but you know my time from working in the medical field and um, having familial issues with people who just go too hard is you know do you want to take pills till you're 80 um, you you there's medication shortages right now, so there's people who can't get their meds. I mean, it's just too much. It, like, if there's something you need every day, um, like I take a blood pressure medicine, but I was on two. Now I'm down to one. 
but that's because I've been exercising. I've been doing things to try to combat that. So, you know, you got to take care of yourself um, in order to not be that person who's going to be reliant on medicine the rest of their life because there can be shortages. Um, Everybody knows drugs are expensive as shit. Um, It's like a habit, kind of. I mean, you know, if you take four or five prescriptions and you got the co-pays, I mean, 50, 100 bucks a month, whatever it is, it's still, even if you got insurance, you got to pay co-pays, you got to pay your deductible, you know? You got to pay for $200 cash straight out until you reach that. So it's, you know, I would say if you don't need it, get off of it. Don't take pills to numb out, solve your problems or whatever it is. Um, Because even if it doesn't impact you mentally, um, which they usually always do, it it impacts you physically in that your body kind of develops that that need that want for it and so when you go off of it your your body starts acting out or you feel like shit which in turn impacts your brain then your brain's like i feel like shit and then you just kind of spiral down and you know, that's the kind of impact of anything, I would think. Um, if you do it daily, you're going to have some sort of slingshot rebound effect. You know, so it, my advice is, hey, if you don't need it, don't take it. Look to eat better, exercise, um, laugh. You know, I try to... I listen to comedy podcasts often while I'm Ubering. I like to watch Ridiculousness. I think it's important, super important to get a laugh a day. Um, it, it's so healing. And to remember, hey, not to take all this shit so serious because the world's a crazy place right now. It's nuts. Um, and there's just so much negativity. So, you know, don't, don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. Be kind to people. Um, say nice things. And, uh, yeah. But also, I had this thought the other day. Um, you know, people people often talk about, oh, I don't let my kids watch this or watch that or do this or do that. Maybe like on the internet. And yes, I think it's important to Limit your kids to age-appropriate content, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, I kind of, I kind of subscribe to, um, the internet is pretty much the modern-day school bus. (laughs) So you can do everything right at home, just like my parents did, but, um, Trust me, when your kid gets on the school bus, you don't know what they're hearing. You don't know what other kids are bringing to the table. Um, You know, I I heard all my first curse words and whatever on the school bus. So, 
yeah, I think it, it's, you know, you have to treat, you have to talk to your kids. You have to treat them like people. Um, I think sometimes we make the mistake of, you know, I think there is, there, there are age-appropriate ways to talk to different ages of kids, but, you know, some kids are different. Some are more advanced. Some are, um, you know, so you have to talk to them on their level. Um, you know, make them understand, hey, this is what's out there. Um, if you see it, you know, like my daughter doesn't cuss. Um, not around me. She spells it out and she tells on my dad every time he cusses. So I don't think it, you know, I don't worry about that. You know, exposure doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to take on that behavior. But, you know, you can do, um, you can do all these things and, figure out a way to limit what they intake but you know you got to remember your kids are unless you're homeschooled they're being exposed to other kids in other places and you have no idea what those kids are looking at hearing seeing at home what their family like is life like um so you know it it kind of goes into that you you have to control what you can control and uh try not to worry too much about what you can't control you know you can give your children the education and whatnot but it's up to them to make good decisions um you know my parents were never like don't do this don't do that they were more like hey if you do this this is kind of the outcome. This is what would happen. Um, and they just relied on me. Um, and I was good. And part of it, I don't I don't know if it was because I had goals of like wanting to go to one of the military academies or the military. And um, I knew that if you got in trouble, you know, that that would impact that. So, you know, I had friends who in high school were maybe smoking weed, drinking, um, underage, uh, typical high school teenage shit. And, um, I never did any of it because I was like, Hey, you know, this is what I want to do with my life. And if I get in trouble, that's going to impact that. But, you know, a lot of people succumb to peer pressure. So, um, you know, I don't think I have any kids listening to this, but if there are, or even if you're a young person who still succumbs to peer pressure, just don't. You live your life, let other people live their life. Um, you don't have to do what everybody else does. And chances are, if it's something that makes you feel uneasy, um, listen to it. You're probably not missing anything. Except maybe a trip to jail, getting in some trouble, um, or if you're young and really dumb, or old and really dumb, drink and drive, you run the risk of getting an accident, killing yourself, killing someone else. So, going to jail for a long time. I've known people with DUIs, and 
you know, habitual offenders can go to prison for life. Um, but Hey, a first time offender. I knew a guy who, you know, he had to blow into a machine to get his car started. You got to pay all kinds of fees. You got to be on probation. That comes with fees. That comes with, um, all kinds of inconveniences, let's just say. So young or old, if you're listening, don't be dumb. Just, you know, if you're going to do it, do it responsibly. Call an Uber. Have a friend. Don't take the chances. It's not worth it. Uh, let's see here. Also, let's see what we got. Uber. So, as most of you know, I, I really enjoy Uber. I enjoy the flexibility. I enjoy... Um, Delivering happiness to people. Uh, I love, you know, I delivered to a blind guy. And it was my second time delivering to him and he remembered my voice. And uh, that was pretty cool. But, you know, there's people who can't get out. There's sometimes I'll deliver like 250 pound bags of dog food and um, to older people or, you know, it's, it's just enjoyable to serve others. You know, I'd probably do it for free sometimes, but uh, um, I'm glad I get paid for it. I mean, these people need it. It's a service. I'm providing a service. But uh, I just like the sheer fact that, hey, I'm helping somebody um, do what they can't or what they don't want to do or just making their day a little better. I mean, if they can afford something and they want to order in, be it for a family or whatever, um, themselves, hey, I'm happy to deliver, to make your day, um, but like, like any, uh, like any corporation, um, I don't interact much with anyone from Uber, which I enjoy (laughs) quite a bit. Um, not that I don't like interacting with people, but, um, Let's just say there's not like a ton of oversight. I don't like micromanagement, um, shit like that. So, but almost this kind of goes with the 12 years I spent in healthcare and now Uber, it's like they, pesky little IT people just cannot keep their fucking little paws off of trying to fix shit. Or trying to... I don't know what they're doing. It's like the app's changing. Like, maybe where the button is. How the trip comes up. How you have to confirm something. Whether it's a press or a slide. Or, you know, used to you used to just press the pop-up and accept the trip. And now you have... Now there's an accept button. Um, some things are better. Maybe I think there's ways to make improvement. I, you know, are these damn IT people doing shit all the time just to justify their jobs or just to have something to do? Maybe the manager of the IT department's like, well, we got to, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with continuously improving. Don't get me wrong. That's what I strive for physically, mentally, spiritually, and as a human being is just to evolve and get better. But, There are sometimes in life where 
things are okay. Leave well enough alone. If it works, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, it's it's like what the what the you know, hey. And you know, I've had this issue one time where I go to pick up like a an order and I know where this place is. I go to the place, but it's trying to tell me that my pickup is down the road in the area that is in the middle of a bridge. And so I can pick up the order, but it won't let me um it won't let me start the delivery until I go to the middle of that bridge that's maybe two miles away from the actual pickup because it won't pick up. It thinks you're not at the location. It's like, hey, you know, you start delivery. It's like, you're not at the location, blah, 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 blah. And I've called Uber a couple of times. This has happened to me, I think, three times. Two, two with one, uh, two times with one place, Piata, and one time with a Mexican restaurant. But, you know, it's like, you want to fix something. How about you fix that? Quit changing all the buttons every five minutes. Quit changing the way it looks every five minutes. You want to do something? How about you make sure the GPS matches up with the actual place? How about that? Make my life easier. You want to do something else? And... This may sound offensive. It's partially a joke. It's partially true. I'm only speaking facts. So if you hate the facts, then you hate them. But why am I always on the phone with an ESL person? And if you don't know what ESL is, that's English as a second language. You know? They don't. When I try to explain to them what's going on, that the pickup location doesn't match the map and blah, 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 they don't understand. They're basically, you know, I mean, hey, I can understand broken taco, a little bit of Spanish. I can speak it a little bit, but that's my extent. You would not catch me working the call center for Telemundo because... There's no way I'm speaking Spanish when a Mexican calls in to complain or request something. I don't know. So why Why do these companies... I mean, yes, they outsource cheap labor, put call centers, pay people penny on the dollar, you know, because they don't want to pay people in America a worthwhile wage to do an actual job and have, you know, when I call somebody, I could get somebody who understands um it's just irritating you know and so sometimes i just have to decide hey is this is this even worth the fight um you know but you know at the same time too i have a respect for people who want to work people who are trying something people who are trying something difficult because i know if i were working for Telemundo, it would be challenging. It would be difficult. But then I think at some point, you know, certain people rise to the occasion. Certain people don't. Um, but also, you know, I mean, uh, 
if if I'm calling a call center in India, let's say, do their country's not set up the way ours is. Their laws aren't the same. How how can I expect them to know what I'm talking about or trying to explain? But who cares about me? Why does whoever runs Uber think that that's okay? To think that, you know, this is the best solution. This is the best way. Um, I don't know. It's strange. But one of the great things about Uber is... You know, anyone can do it. Um, We were out of town and got some food delivered to us. And, you know, it was a daddy-daughter combo delivering. And uh, you could tell that the uh, first, that the the dad was probably born in Mexico and uh, didn't really speak English that much. And the daughter who was with him was kind of the navigator, reader. Um, She looked probably... 13, 14, but, you know, kind of the translator. And so I dig that because, um, you know, I'm not going to hate on anyone out there trying to get their hustle on, trying to make money, trying to provide for their family. Um, I've Ubered with my wife before. I've Ubered with my wife and my daughter, and it's actually kind of fun. You know, I mean, it's something you can do together, so you're kind of spending that time together, Um but yeah, I'm not going to hate on anybody trying to hustle, even if English is your second language. I mean, just like I wouldn't want somebody to hate on me if I ended up in Tijuana and uh, trying to get a hustle on selling tamales or something. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but, you know, as I kind of expound on um, Uber... Um, for those of you who don't know, I spent 12 years in healthcare, six years in a level one trauma center as a non-clinical person supporting all the clinical people, and then six years as a manager for a family practice, urgent care, um, all the visiting specialties, ortho, sleep, whatever. Um, and, um, you know, getting laid off from that, like sometimes I describe it as a blessing, in disguise. Um, and as I applied for some other jobs, I had some interviews with Trader Joe's. Um, they didn't hire me, although they'll hire Craig Conant. <laughs> He's a comedian who used to work at Trader Joe's and got fired. If you don't know him, go find him on TikTok, Instagram. He's funny. He's got a podcast called Community Service. Funny as shit. Love the guy. Um, but, um, you know, in the interview, they, they're like, why do you want to work for Trader Joe's or, you know, so I had to like look at these questions and, you know, cause there's like YouTube videos, like what exactly they're going to ask. Do you want to get the job? Blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, I had to think about it and I kind of practiced my answers, practice for the interview because this was a job I really wanted. Um, because one, I'm a foodie. I love Trader Joe's. I'm a foodie. I cooked for many years. Um, you know, and most of the time, I think when you go into a Trader Joe's, it seems like everybody wants to be there. Um, all the people working, that is. And except maybe Craig Conant. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, um, ugh, lost my train of thought there because <laughs> I was thinking about something funny. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, yeah. So I was interviewing, and in the interview, they're like, well, you know, why do you want to work here? And I was like, hey, everybody wants to be here. But, um, you know, the one thing that kind of caught up to me that wore on me is when you work in trauma centers or urgent cares or family practice and you got to tell maybe somebody they got cancer or something, um, you're meeting people at their worst, on their worst days. And it takes a toll on you. Um, you know, I did it. I did it for 12 years. It's a part of me, is a piece of me. Um, my way to give, my way to love, my way to care, my way to be compassionate. Um, but it took a lot from me. And that's why I say that kind of getting laid off was a blessing in disguise. And, you know, now whether it's through the podcast or Uber or Trader Joe's, if they want to call me back and hire me. Um, I look to bring something positive to people, to meet people, you know, um, maybe not in a negative situation, but also like it was kind of the same in a way that, hey, you know, like I love delivering because I want to deliver happiness and make someone's day. Or if I go pick up something and you see a worker who doesn't look happy, I try to make their day. Um, but, you know, saying a few kind words, smiling, telling someone to have a good day is a hell of a lot less energy than trying to save someone's life um, when they're at their worst or they don't make it. Um you know, so that took a toll on me, and God bless the people who I did it with, who continue to do it, and, you know, I just pray for them that um, they're able to process it, heal from it, and that they don't take on any vices or negative behaviors um, that impacts their own health and well-being, um, especially mental well-being. Because I feel like after 12 years, that's what was impacted on me the most. And so, um, and part of it was that, and part of it's just dealing with corporate bullshit and corporate people. They're all about the money, you know. You make no mistake about it. They may be a nonprofit. They may have a cool little mission statement. It might even include some religious words or whatever, but uh, make no mistake, the people at the top... They're like the wolves of Wall Street hiding behind a mission statement. You know, they don't care. So, but on another note, um, <clears throat> we were, you know, math is difficult for my daughter. They teach it different. I help her try to, but man, what the way I learn, whether it's division, this or that, just not the same. So um, so we looked into one of those programs you may have heard of, like Mathnasium or whatever. And, uh, you know, I call them because uh, I want to get a price. I want to – let's get some information. Let's get a price. Let's see if this is something that would be beneficial that we might like to do. And, uh, um, you know, it's like – no, we don't want to give you a price. Like, 
well, let's get your daughter set up for an assessment. That way we can figure out the best program and blah, blah, you know, the whole spiel. <clears throat> I'm like, well, I just want – I finally got the lady to send me the price in an email kind of, and it was expensive. I'm talking like fucking car payment expensive. Um, but, you know, this is kind of one of these whole things that just irritates the shit out of me, and that is – you know, like you call somebody or you go to a place, you want to know, like, the price. Hey, can I afford it? Is it worth it? Blah, blah, whatever, whatever the case is. Just give me the fucking price. Don't try to make me come see you. Don't try to sell me your bullshit. I don't care. Look, if I showed up to your website, your place of business, whatever it is, I'm already interested. Okay? So, you don't need to sell me your bullshit. Keep it to yourself. Um, I don't need to hear how fucking great it is. Just give me the price. So I can make a decision. Yes, no, maybe so. Is this something I can afford right now? Is this something I need to save to do? And is it worth it? Um, so, yeah. You know? If you're out there, you're a business owner, you work for one of these places, just cut the shit. Give us the price. Be transparent. That's all we want. Honesty. Um, you know? What, am I going to send my daughter in to take an assessment? You're probably going to charge me for the assessment and then tell me everything she needs and, hey, it's going to be this much. And it's like... <sighs> You know, I was able to look at the car payment type price and go, mm, I'm going to have to help her. Maybe we can find a high school kid who can tutor her. But, you know, they have these lessons on iReady. And, um, you know, when we asked her math teacher about a place like um, Mathnasium or these other similar places, you know, she said, hey, iReady's actually set up to each student to practice what they need work on based on the standardized testing that's performed in the beginning, middles of the year, whatnot. So, yeah. Um, and that was kind of one thing that I was like, oh, okay, so we can utilize that. But maybe it's time that I sit with her on iReady and help explain to her um, the why or the how. Because, you know, I, I think math, math can be difficult. Um, for some, for some people, it's easy, almost like language. You know, to me, it's kind of something you got to do every day and there's a lot of stuff, but you know, kind of what I try to teach my daughter is, um, how you arrive at the answer sometimes is just as important, you know, understanding because they're into word problems a lot. Um, understanding what the word problem is asking and what numbers are you going to put together? What numbers are you going to subtract from? Um, if you got a remainder, you know, and let's say the question says how many tables, if each table holds eight, and then there's a remainder, you got to know to add that extra table. Because, hey, if there's a remainder, you still need an extra table. Don't focus on the unimportant parts. And so <clears throat> I've been trying to do that more, but it's hard, you know, because I know my daughter loves me, but uh, yeah. As kids, we all probably thought our parents were full of shit or didn't know what they were talking about or didn't want to take advice from them or 
Um, didn't want to learn from them. You know, maybe my daughter feels that way. Maybe she doesn't. I don't know. She was young. She knows I have a master's degree and whatnot. So she knows I'm capable. So I think she listens to me a little, but it's just a little more on the focus and attention, I guess you could say. Um, but hell, I mean, I'm tired at the end of the day. You know, it's like if you go to school from 8 to 3.45 and then, let's say you got practice for a play or boys and girls club or something and, you know, you get home at 6.37 and you've had a full day. Who wants to focus on math? And it's, it's hard because, you know, I mean, isn't it probably, I don't know, for some people, like I'm most productive in the beginning of my day. Like to wake up, do my thing, go to the gym like I did this morning. Now I'm going to record, or well, I'm recording. Um, and then I'm going to go out and uh, make some money, make some people happy. It's Friday. Uber's usually pretty good on a Friday. And, um, you know, that's what I want to do. So, but anyways, that's it for all the notes I got. And hopefully this turned out well. With the garage band, I'm gonna have to save it to a wave file and uh, upload it, try it a different way. But, um, you know, hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed um, me trying to be a little more open, a little more vulnerable, because um, it's hard, um, it's scary, it, nobody wants to be judged. Um, But, fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. Um, But I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, scroll on by. Don't listen. If you do listen, do me a favor. Go follow it on Spotify. Um, I'm on TikTok and Instagram under the Men of the House podcast. Um, Cost you nothing to hit the follow button means everything to me so don't be a dick don't be lazy go out give it a listen hit the follow and uh i'll see you guys next time peace